Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show, my 200th show. Quinn David Furness presents the Bean Town podcast for Saturday, November 6th, uh, 2021. What's going on? How are you? We are coming to you live from the Big Apple. It's a big show. I got all dressed up for it. I'm wearing a suit and tie. I'm not even kidding. Sitting on my hotel bed here, looking out over Times Square, a beautiful, crisp fall day to be coming to you live. What's happening for the 200th time plus specials? My name is Quinn David Furness, and this is my show. Guys, I am the creator. I am the producer. I am the best boy, the caterer, all that good stuff of this fine program. Hello to my friends in Karachi and Hyderabad and Khyber Pass. I'm a little bit closer to you than usual, so if my voice sounds crisp, clean, and uh, biblical... It's not only a Samson Q2U series, but it's uh, I'm a little bit a little bit closer, okay? Just a hop, a skip, and a step across the pond, and then across Africa, and then a couple other ponds, and then boom, I'm right in your living room practically. Uh, it's Saturday. It's November of season four here on the Beantown Podcast, and uh, for the first time in a while. We're doing this show on assignment, live in New York. I'm here for work, a lot of work, um, up at a hotel here just north of Times Square. We're at about 7th and 52nd, something like that. And I am literally on my one-hour lunch break. Here's how much I care about you all, the fans. I bypassed the lunch, the free lunch, mind you. You know, a lunch that otherwise, if if not free, could run me upwards of $500 here in Times Square. Uh, I bypassed all of that, and I haven't eaten yet today, so that I could come chat and uh, say hello live to you all, the fan base. It's a busy day. It's a busy day yesterday and a busy day today as well. Uh, working here, it's not all podcasting glory. There's the day job as well that pays the bills, gets the insurance, all that stuff. But I wanted to take a moment, and it's going to be a, a short episode because it has to be because i got to actually go back downstairs and, and finish working up this afternoon, working this afternoon. Um, but I wanted to say hello to everyone, and uh, I'm glad that you are able to join me for my 200th Beantown podcast, which is crazy, pretty hard to believe, but we're here and we're loving it. I've done I've done this show a couple times from New York, um, at least once with my brothers, uh, brother hashtag brother, brothers of the podcast, Walt and Jack Furness. I'm flying solo today, and it's a shame because I would love to have you know like Rachel come on, although she might she might step in in a little bit here. We'll see you know. She she's usually like no I don't want to be on and then last night she was like maybe I should come on and so you you never really know what you're gonna get okay so maybe maybe she'll make a brief guest appearance TBD um, but just the timing of everything you know I I I usually come here for fun well it's not true it's about half and half sometimes it's a fun trip sometimes it's a work trip this is a work trip with. Uh, a lot of hours, some fun stuff thrown in as well. But uh, what we're going to be doing today is a little bit of a New York City 
Big Four Sport Power Rankings. In case you don't know the Big Four American sports, those are the NFL, the NHL, the MLB, and the NBA. And so New York, if you throw in the Devils uh, from New Jersey, I think they play in Newark uh, just across the river here, then you got nine sports teams as far as I can count. So we're going to be going through those in a little bit here. Um, and I, I think that'll be exciting because I got some scathing commentary for everyone. Uh, before we get there, I'll mention that listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Bean Tom podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible, although it's it's pretty fun to do it uh, 200 times. It's pretty cool. 200 listener discretion is advised tags, although I think I forgot it once or twice. Uh, I want to mention the show is uh, for today only uh, unofficially brought to you by the wine brand Chateau Diana. So uh, Rachel ever so lovingly got us some wine to a pregame last night after work and before supper. Stopped off at a drugstore and bought a, a white and a red. And uh, it might, I mean, I've had some, some low, lower quality wines before. This might be the tops. It's 6%. If anyone out there has ever had uh, Chateau Diana, Email us, beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. It's beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. And uh, maybe share your experience as well. But I got to tell you, it's one thing to just be like 6%. It's another thing to just like have no taste or flavor or anything like that. Um, yeah, it's, uh, again, certainly no indictment on Rachel. Um, and I genuinely uh, am, am thankful for her effort to get us some some wine dined action. But, boy, this, this was uh, – whew. This makes Winking Owl 289 at Aldi look like the high high society type stuff. So if you're ever in a drugstore and you you really hate yourself, go try Chateau Diana. Thanks for for sponsoring unofficially this show today. I'll also mention while while we're here um, that the show is brought to you by uh, Home Pride Oregon. Let's see. Let's let's pull. We haven't done ad reads for a little bit. Let's let's briefly run through them here. It's our 200th show. And uh, we couldn't do it without these folks. So here we go. It's been so long. There they are, buried in my Google Docs. Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth, all because you can find a reliable home inspector in time? Well, Oregon listeners, I got good news for you. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services, including things like heating and cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and I put it in all caps so you know to emphasize it. Home inspection certified so you know you're getting the good stuff. If you're tired of big real estate wrangle hold on the home inspection market and you want a safe certified home inspector that you can trust, you got to call Steve at 541-410-0316 or visit homeprideorgan.com. Again, that's 541-410-0316 or you can visit homeprideorgan.com. Homeprideorgan inspection perfection. A shout-out to the Samson Q2U series. I actually unboxed my new Samson. I brought it with me uh, in the case that we would have uh, you know, co-hosts today, which uh, I don't think will be the case. But um, that new Samson is, re- is ready to go. It's locked and loaded. I'm still using uh, one of my originals to record this particular program today. But, um, yeah, Samson Q2U series. When God speaks, he uses a Samson. I gotta tell you, my Mac has not been on a plane in a while, and uh, it's not doing great. Pretty choppy. Hopefully, everything with the recording uh, comes through clearly here. I'm closely monitoring it, uh, fully expecting it to cut out at some point along the way here, but that's okay. We will uh, roll with the changes. 
like REO Speedwagon says. Finally, uh, our, oh, our, our, our old dear friends Cuts by Q Bob and Weave. We all know the hairstyle. And we all love it. But how many Chicago-based independent barbers can actually give it to you the way you deserve? Enter Cuts by Q. It's like Enter Sandman, but different. Cuts by Q has been independently owned and operated since 1995 and is probably one of the better barbershop operations serving Chicago, Cook County, Northwest Indiana, and the greater Chicagoland area. From beehives to banks, fallhawks to flat tops, and everything in between, call Cuts by Q at 815-298-7200, or you can email Cuts by Q at Yahoo.com. Again, that's ha! It's Q-U-T-Z. By Q at Yahoo.com. Oh, when you need a fresh do, something snappy and new, just call the experts at Cuts by Q. Thank you to our sponsors. A quick check-in here on the ladies down in Salt Lake City. And normally I would just, you know, wrap it up into next week's show when we have a little bit more time. But I got to tell you, Real Houses of Salt Lake City this past Sunday night went from, like, craziness or not crazy at all this season up to, like, level 8. And this wasn't even, you know, the Jen Shaw stuff hasn't even, you know, the proverbial... Shaw hasn't hit the fan. Basically, Jen Shaw, before she got arrested, was like getting not legally issued, but just like accused of being awful to her employees, like yelling at them, verbal abuse, all that stuff. And so there was a little bit of confrontation there on the show this week, and uh, she didn't react uh, too kindly to that resurfacing. And then uh, we found out that Mary Cosby is, like, definitely leading a cult. And Meredith was at this party, and there was this guy who used to be in Mary Cosby's congregation there. And he was, like, giving her all these warnings about, like, OMG, Mary Cosby isn't what she seems. And then Meredith was like, what specifically are you referencing? And he was like, save that for another time. And then the guy passed away. Maybe Mary Cosby ordered a hit. I don't know, but it's very sad, very tragic. So that's like coming coming in hot now. Jenny, the new one, was like on the show for literally like the opening. They like bounce around to like three different housewives, their homes are doing something goofy. It's like a 20-second spot, if that. And that was the only time Jenny was on the show this week, so not a lot of action. Uh, Whitney's dad, while not on screen, became a topic again. You remember him. He's got the worst haircut in Utah. He's got some addiction issues, and apparently he's like completely not talking to Whitney, but Whitney was with her brother, and dad is talking to her brother. So it's just like... We, you know, we haven't heard for, about him or from him all season, and now he's kind of back in the mix. And so there's just, you know, it went from like, oh, this is chill, nothing's going on, to like, wow, everything's going on. Brooks was back on. Lisa's sons are launching their own Fresh Wolf, you know, fragrance for kids or whatever it is sort of thing, and they had like a launch party. So there was just like, I don't know how, why they edited it, you know, this way, but it went from zero to... Provo real quick. So lots coming up on Salt Lake City. Jen Shaw is going to get arrested soon. Uh, it's it's going to be good stuff. Uh, but to get to uh, the meat and potatoes of what we're talking about today, it is uh, New York. And one of the things we like to do on the Beantown podcast is a little bit of power ranking action. And I figured what what better way to celebrate episode number 200 
uh, in the Big Apple than to talk a little bit of New York sports, okay? And uh, I promise you don't need to be a sports fan to enjoy the, the last 15 minutes of the show or so. But uh, to, to give a, a quick summary of who we're talking about today, you got four leagues, and each league has two teams uh, in it, New York-based teams, except for the NHL, which has three because we're counting the New Jersey Devils and all of this. And actually, there are other teams, too, that play in New Jersey, although they have New York in their names, such as the Jets and Giants. So let's start there. In the NFL, you have the New York Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 and you have the New York Football Giants. Then in Major League Baseball, you have the Mets, who play in Queens, and the Yankees, who play in the Bronx. In the NBA, you have the New York Knicks, who play at Madison Square Garden, and the Brooklyn Nets, who play out at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. And then in the hockey, you have the New Jersey Devils, who I believe play in Newark. You have the New York Rangers, who play at Madison Square Garden. You have the New York Islanders, who used to play at the Nassau Coliseum. I'm not sure where they're located now. I think they got a new stadium out in Long Island somewhere. I know they had spent some time recently at Barclays as well, which is, you know, in, in Brooklyn where the Nets play, but I think their full time now is is out in Long Island somewhere. Okay. So those are the nine teams we're dealing with. And first thing off the bat, like New York, because it's sort of the center of media attention in the US, uh, New York sports get a lot of uh, things written about them, a lot of headlines, just a lot of media in general. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's a lot that could be said about each one of these franchises, some, some more exciting, some more boring than others. But, uh, you know what? I couldn't, I'd be doing everyone a disservice if we didn't start at the bottom. Number nine, it's the Jets. Okay. It's just, they, they're, they're quarterbacks. They have like literally four quarterbacks right now, which most teams have basically two. And the New York Jets are rolling out a combination of Mike White, who, yeah, if you never heard of him, same here. Josh Johnson, who has somehow inexplicably been in the NFL for like 10 years at this point. You'll remember him, not Josh Freeman. This is Josh Johnson. He was also on the, I think, Bucks for a hot second. And I don't know where he had disappeared to for the last five years, but now he's back apparently playing for the the jets and um then they have their you know hot speaking of utah their uh supposed starter um zach wilson who they drafted in the first round this year what number three overall something like that after they uh they that got rid of their previous golden boy sam darnold who was seeing ghosts out there and uh zach wilson is hurt now and he's also just like been not good this year and then they've traded for flacco too super bowl uh, winning quarterback from uh, the Delaware Blue Hens, Joe Flacco. So they're rolling four guys out there, and I got to tell you, they're all pretty bad. And the New York Jets, uh, outside of their Super Bowl win back in the 60s, and then uh, they Mark Sanchez and the Rex Ryan defense went to back-to-back AFC championship games about 12 years ago, something like that, 10 years ago. Uh, outside of that, the, the Jets are pretty trash. And it's just every year of uh, there. Rarely are the Jets even like fringe good. It's usually just they're terrible. Like they have made a living off of going four and twelve. It feels like, 
And uh, I just don't know if there's really any uh, optimism or hope for uh, the Jets. Not to say that the Giants have much more optimism or hope, and we'll get to them in a little bit here, but uh, they, they at least have some, some recent success to, to you know hang their heads on. Okay, next up at number eight, and uh, this could upset some people because they've been somewhat competitive lately, but the New York Mets out there in Flushing, Queens, uh, the Mets are just pretty inept. They're a big market team. They've got a big payroll. And, you know, they've won two World Series back in 69 and 86 with, uh, what, Keith Hernandez there. But I got to tell you what, outside of their trip to the World Series in uh, 2015 when they defeated the Chicago Cubs in the championship series and then lost to the Kansas City Royals, that's the thing. If you're losing to the Kansas City Royals, I mean, like, their payroll is about 50 cents and a pack of gum every year. So it's pretty, it's pretty rough to lose to the Royals in the World Series. All right, so that, those were my thoughts on the Mets. And if, if you, it wasn't obvious, my laptop was crapping out, so I had to take a quick pause. But uh, we're back, and uh, we're going to continue with the power rankings. But first, there's a, a special uh, shout-out for our 200th episode to, to break up the power ranking action. Hello, it's Rachel. That's all I've got today. What are you eating? I'm eating a cookie. Um, a dark double, double chocolate chip cookie from Levain Bakery. That's enough. Is it good? We didn't get a response to is it good, so I'll take that as a no. So next time you're in Manhattan, don't go to Le- Levain Bakery, Levon Bakery. All right, continuing on. Thanks for that special shout-out, Rachie. The love of my life. She says no questions. Okay. You would be perfect with the New York sports media. You should hold a press conference about your cookies. Okay, coming in at number seven. Oh, no. (laughs) We have the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, so people are going to be up in arms. Here's the thing. Especially ever since they moved from New Jersey to Brooklyn and they changed their color scheme and all that stuff, they have gotten such a big head with no results, and now they've got, you know, Kevin Durant and kind of Kyrie Irving. And I think they've got like, uh, what's his name? The the old uh, Los Angeles Clippers center, Blake Jenner, Blake Griffin. They just think they are so cool and so hot. And they were, they were a lot cooler to me when they had the old color scheme, Jason Kidd, you know, New Jersey, all that stuff. But now they're just like, they think they are top of the tops. And they are definitely not top of the tops. I don't think they've ever won an NBA championship, although they won a couple of ABA championships. Um, and, yeah, they're just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know why everyone thinks they're so cool. Uh, I remember back when the Bulls were in, like, the Rose era, they had to play the Nets once in the playoffs. And that was, like, Joe Johnson and, oh, uh, uh, Garnett they had. I don't know. They thought they were hot stuff there, too. And I think the Bulls beat them with Nate Robinson. So the Nets, because you just think you're so cool and you suck so bad, you're going to number seven. Okay, number six here, I figured we'd just put them together because they're kind of similar in my mind. The New York Knicks, who also like goes in every year thinking they're hot stuff. 
And, you know, for a while this century, they, they were when they had, you know, peak Carmelo and Damari Stoudemire. But really, like, outside of, you know, the 80s and the 90s when they had Ewing, I don't know. They're just, like, a perennial disappointment. I mean, they've been around, according to Wikipedia, since 1946. They won two championships in the 70s. But since then, you know, every year it's like, oh, this is going to be the next year. And they just keep losing and losing and losing. And they've had so many high-profile everything, coaches, players, owners, you know. They play at Madison Square Garden. And kind of like the Jets, it's like every year they find a a big way to disappoint you in ways you didn't think were possible. So that's why I'm putting the New York Knicks at number six. Number five was probably the one who I, I struggled to rank the most here. Um, so I ended up kind of putting them in the middle of these power rankings. And that is probably the le- the lowest profile team out of all the New York teams. It's the New Jersey Devils. The first thing you notice about the New Jersey Devils, I don't know about you guys, I think their logo is awesome. You got the like horns at the top of the end. You got the tail at the bottom. Like I think it's one of my favorite logos in sports. They've been in New Jersey ever since 1982, according to the Wikipedia page. And here's the thing. like, The Devils could easily be higher because they have won three Stanley Cups all in the last, what, 25 years, basically, 30 years, uh, 95, 2000, and 2003. And they were in the Stanley Cup final about 10, year ago, 10 years ago, most recently. Um, but they're definitely just like the least flashy out of all these teams we're talking about today, which I appreciate. No one really talks about them that much. Um, but I don't know. Like, Devils are solid. I like their color scheme. I don't know too much about them, but they're coming in at number five on today's power rankings. Okay, so we're getting into our top four here. The hockey run is going to continue. The New York Islanders, Long Island's professional sports team, another hockey squad, kind of blue-collar you know, something that I identify with, like work hard, play hard sort of thing. Um, the Islanders had a real hot year last year, the year before. I think they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, perhaps. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of like their fan base is Long Island. I don't think anyone outside of Long Island is really an Islanders fan. Uh, but they've been around since, you know, 1972. And they also... Um, like the like the Devils have had Stanley Cup success. They won four straight, I believe, in the 1980s, which is mighty impressive. Um, and so, yeah, they obviously haven't done a lot of winning since the early 80s. But, um, you know, they're rarely the worst team. They're never the best team. In fact, I don't think they've ever won a President's Trophy. But, you know what, they're just kind of like if you're from Long Island, it's your team. You don't have any other professional big four teams. So it's just kind of like, I don't know. I really appreciate that. Kind of like the Green Bay Packers. You know, it's like there's nothing else up there. You root for the Islanders. You root for the Packers. Like, love them or hate them, it's their thing, okay? So you got the New York Islanders coming in at number four on our list. Coming in at number three, we're going to finish up our hockey run here with the New York Rangers. And honestly, I don't know if the New York Rangers deserve to be this high up on the power rankings. 
But I've got a soft spot in my heart because when I was growing up, we had NHL 99 on a burned disc, presumably for my Uncle Andy, Jack Link's specialist, who's been on this show before. And uh, my brother Jack and I, different than the Jack Links, would uh, play, you know, usually you talk about playing, you know, video games, sports games, whatever. If you're playing with your, your buddy or your brother or whomever, it's like, oh, you play against each other, right? No. For some reason, my brother Jack and I decided teamwork made the dream work, and we played on the same team. And for some reason, although we were from northern Illinois and didn't know anything about the NHL, we decided to play as the New York Rangers, who at the time had Wayne Gretzky and Brian Leach and Mike Richter and just like a totally overpowered team. And so we would play as the New York Rangers and just dominate teams. We turned off penalties so you could check the goalie, a little cross-checking action, get him out of the way, score at empty net essentially, and uh, we just got a lot of entertainment out of that. Uh, the Rangers are an original six team. They've won four Stanley Cups, one in the 20s, one in the 30s, two in the 30s, or no, one, one 20s, one 30s, one in the 40s, and one all the way back in the 90s. They were in the Stanley Cup uh, back in like 2013, no, 2014. They lost to the LA Kings, I believe. Um, but yeah, the Rangers are just like, in my opinion, in big four sports, like easily a top 10 jersey. Um, it's just clean. It's classic. The shield, the emblem, it's just like as good as it gets in sports. One of those things has just like should never change like the Chicago Bulls or like the Green Bay Packers. It's just like you can go back, you can play NHL 99. The logo is the same. The jerseys are the same. It's just like as good as it gets. Okay. So that's why I'm putting the New York Rangers at number three. Okay. Number two. They should probably be number one just in terms of, like, lore and success. But I just couldn't stomach putting them at number one because they're who they are. I'm dropping the Yankees at number two. The Yankees have won 27 World Series rings. It's, I believe, the most championships out of any team, you know, in big four sports. In fact, it, it's got to be that because there's no no football team like that, certainly no basketball team you know, anywhere close to that and, and definitely no hockey team, even though the, 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 who is that? The Canadians have won like 12 or something, but the Yankees having 27, like that's un, unparalleled, unmatched. But here's the thing. And I had this thought actually at a urinal about an hour ago when I was planning this show, the New York Yankees baseball in general, there's no salary cap, okay? This is getting a little bit technical, but basically what that means is in every other sport, your team is allowed to spend X amount of money on their player contracts. In baseball, that doesn't exist. So you could have, if Jeff Bezos bought the New York Yankees, he could he could pay everyone, you know, billions of dollars or whatever, you know, the scale is because that's how much money they have. That's how rich the team owners are. Um so the the thing with the Yankees for me, and this kind of applies to the, like the Dodgers as well, but the New York Yankees have so much money and have always had so much money, and you compare it to teams like the Oakland Athletics, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Kansas City Royals, it's like, how are you not winning every single year? And that's what I love about it. That's why people love hating the Yankees, and I'm an unabashed Yankee hater. For all their legends that they absolutely have had 
Okay, even in just the past 20 years, guys like Jeter and A-Rod and Rivera and Pettit and Clemens and, you know, the list goes on and on and on, Judge, whatever. Like, they're still not winning every year. And they're not even, like, in the World Series every year. Yeah, are they in the playoffs fairly consistently? Yes. But it's like, how how are you not just, like, dominating every year? Which is what I love about sports you you have teams that literally have have I I I don't know you know how to compare it right now but like five years ago right at the end of Alex Rodriguez's career, I think the stat was like Rodriguez made the same amount as all twenty five rostered players of the it was either the Rays or the Athletics combined, and it's just like that's one player who makes the same as their entire team, and that's crazy to me. And so that's why I couldn't put the Yankees at number one, because even though they win so much, they haven't won every single year. Okay, apologies for one more quick pause. Hopefully that'll be the last one, because we've reached number one on our power rankings. And you're probably going to be listening to this and realizing who number one is and being like, dude, WTF, like, what are you smoking? Here's my reasoning. The New York football giants are number one in my New York City sports big four power rankings. The New York Giants are trash, and uh, they're a huge disappointment every year. They're just as embarrassing as the New York Jets, okay? But here's the thing with the Giants. Their 21st century and, in general, their team history is inextricably if that's the word I'm looking for, I-N-E-X-T-R-I-C-A-B-L-Y, inextricably linked to Tom Brady. And Tom Brady has now like surpassed the, the questions. He's the greatest football player of all time, okay? I hate to say it. I don't love Tom Brady, although he's he's gotten better with age in terms of likability, I feel like. The complete opposite of guys like Favre, Rodgers, okay, others. Uh but here's the thing. Brady's lost the Super Bowl twice, and both times were Super Bowls that, like, out of all those Super Bowls, those Patriots Super Bowls, those were the two they were definitely supposed to win, okay? The first time, literally, the the the, the giant killers to, to prevent the Patriots from completing a perfect season in 2007, the Giants got in on a wild card. I think they were literally, like, 8-8. Eight and eight. And they just, like, somehow kept sneaking through playoff games. And then they casually get to the 2007 Super Bowl. They're playing the Patriots, who are 18-0 at the time, haven't lost the entire year. They got Brady. They have freaking Randy Moss, a killer defense. You know, Teddy Bruschi, Junior Seau, uh, who's the name of their their star cornerback who was on NBC for a while. Um, Harrison? No. Whatever his name is. And the Giants just show up and beat them 17-14. to 14. And yeah, they needed a little bit of David Tyree helmet magic, but it's like, that's not supposed to happen. 8-8 eight and eight against 16-0, okay? And then whatever it was, four years later, they go in there, and they're not like an awful team, but it's like the Patriots. Like, the Patriots are supposed to win this game, okay? And they just casually, with Ahmad Bradshaw, literally back their way into the end zone. And somehow Eli Manning who is, like, a good quarterback but is known for being, like, erratic, they just casually go in there twice in the 21st century and beat the evil empire. 
And yeah, those are the only two Super Bowls they've been to in a long time. But it's like, if they pulled that off, you are heroes not just to New York, but to the entire country, okay? To knock off the Patriots. Not once, not twice. Inexplicably, okay? Like inextricably, but different. So yeah, the Giants are, are trash. They're a dumpster fire. And they'll continue to be a dumpster fire until they just have one season where they sneak into the playoffs and casually win the Super Bowl, and then they'll go back to being a dumpster fire. And that irony, to me, is fantastic and hilarious. And for that reason, I have the New York Football Giants at number one. Okay, to recap, nine, we have the uh, Jets. Eight, we have the Mets. Seven, we have the Nets. Okay, did you get all that straight? We went Jets, Mets, Nets. Six, the Knicks. Five, the Devils. Four, the Islanders. Three, the Rangers. Two, the Yankees. And one, the New York Football Giants. Uh, those are my New York City Big Four Sports Power Rankings. There's a lot of other things I could have ranked, like the Burroughs, although we all know Staten Island would have been number five. Um, you know, we got a listener suggestion about, uh, you know, ranking New York by the slice. Great idea. I just wish I, you know, literally had experience getting slices from different places where I could actually speak to that. And I don't, um, you know, bagels, there's, there's all sorts of stuff we could do. I chose what I know and what I think is relatable to many, uh, you know, even if you don't have a ton of New York expertise and that was, uh, some, uh, some big four sports. So here's the situation. I got to go back to work. Uh, and I also, it's, it's about one forty-five on Saturday. I also haven't eaten today, which is killer. We cut out one more time. I'm not even going to try to say anything else. Both the computer and the Samson are having a serious freak out right now. We're just going to, you got to know how to quit when you're ahead. And that's what we're doing here. Guys, this was our 200th episode. I had a lot of fun coming to you live from the Big Apple. I hope you had fun listening to it. I'm not going to beat around the bush anymore. Let's get our outro music going here. There's going to be a lot more Beantown in the future, hopefully with better technology. And, uh, you know, 200 episodes. My name is Quinn. This is my show. Quinn David Furnace presents the Beantown Podcast. Just because we hit a milestone doesn't mean we're stopping anytime soon. Next week, 201, start of a new streak. Holiday season right around the corner. Guys, that's what I got for you. Thanks for listening. I'll check in on you next time. Bye.